0: Welcome to
1: the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Happy Wednesday to you. It is sunshiny and gorgeous outside. We'll be around 90 today, but then a the 10-degree drop with a little storm coming through. It's not a rainy storm, it's just a cool storm. But uh, eight, About 80 or so for a high tomorrow, so we go 10 degrees down. It's not bad. Thanks for tuning in today. Nine minutes after nine o'clock, I'm here, and uh, Terry Hutchinson from the Washington County School Board is here as well. Terry, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Andy. Thanks for coming on this. show. You betcha. You Love no, that music. No suit and tie today. You Got the plan? No,
0: no, no, no. Last week I was suit and tie.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know you were yeah. all formal and lawyery and everything. Yeah, I know it. It just <laughs> it just depends
0: on the day. Yeah. We got. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually getting a great opportunity this afternoon. I'll be at Crimson Cliffs. And uh, I get to meet with seniors in American history.
1: Oh, cool! So you, you, you're going to do like a spiel. We're going
0: to we're going to talk about the Constitution. Nice. Um, nice. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I look forward to it. Uh, the best teacher, the best teacher I ever had. And you know, I graduated at American Fork. I'm uh, public school all the way.
1: Back when there were actual cavemen in America. Yes. yes.
0: Well, they still are. I'm <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a witness, but. <laughs> anyway I had a great teacher. His name was Ryle Allen, and I had him two years. I had him for American history as a junior and a p history as a senior and he had a phenomenal passage rate for the a p history test really yeah i mean we, we had i think sixteen people took up my senior year, and fourteen of us passed. Wow, we had i think four perfect scores and it was uh, he he was phenomenal and and that experience he he still and and people talk about this all the time, and and it's one of the things in the school district, you know, that, that we really appreciate. Teachers really do have an impact on kids, and they remember them for the rest of their lives. True. I mean, I'm sure you've got a few.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, really one of the mo- most memorable ones, I can't remember his name, but I remember the guy, I remember his face, and I remember the class really well. I just can't remember the name. And it was actually, coincidentally, it was a U.S. history in college at Utah State University. Oh, yeah? And uh, this professor had a unique approach to it. Instead of teaching us history, we became, he, he uh, hired us as detectives. And we were to track down what actually happened in different historical events uh, based on papers that we could find in writings and everything. Uh-huh. And it was really fun. I remember we spent like three weeks on the Salem witch hunt, witch hunt trials. And uh, we did investigations on how and why and what it was. It was really a great experience.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I wrote a paper on the Progressives politically, mm-hmm. and I don't remember a lot about it. Um, but I do remember it. It kind of led to Woodrow Wilson. It led to the income tax and all kinds of things. And that very question was on the AP history test. So it was just like, hey, this is like nothing. <laughs> I, I it it was just a, an amazing experience. But so. You know, I, I love going into the classes and talking to them whenever the teachers invite me. Uh, I've, I've done things about, you know, law stuff. I've done things about the Constitution. I've done things about history. I've done things about literature and books because of bookmarks. And, and it's just it's just great. I'm always happy to go in there. It's a lot of fun.
1: I have to say, you might be uh, the most well-read person I know because it seems like you're always doing a new. Re- I don't know how you can review all these books all the time. Yeah, this book is 600 pages, and uh, let's talk about it today. I'm like a, 600 pages. That's like a month for me, not a, not a day or a week. well. Uh, you know, people. The the
0: question I get asked more than any other about bookmarks is how do you how do you find the time? Well, first of all, when you've been doing it 26 years, you're just in a rhythm. Yeah, and you just never get out. This is part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, I I had some speed reading classes and some other things, and I you know so some of the books I read more, some of them less, and some of them I just you know I, I mean I used to do negative reviews and it was a lot of fun and and I you know it's you can be really funny yeah but there's just not enough time Neg- not ne- enough time negative is more funny than
1: yes. positive oh yeah yeah because <laughs> you can light someone you up you can light somebody up there's been a few <laughs> yeah. I I would guesstimate that you probably do some audiobooks at this point too. Yeah, you make so I do. Trips I do. I,
0: I go back and forth a lot, and you know that, that's come up a couple of times actually. As it as it does, but uh, you know, yeah, we do audio books. I've got a lot of CDs and stuff like that for, for books. No, they, normally, big books and classics. Mm-hmm. Thrillers are frustrating, um, and and mysteries are frustrating on on audio because you want to get uh-huh. you, uh-huh. you want to get there quicker than the guy can talk. And or get, the woman, either, oh, you know, whoever yeah. the listener is. And so.
1: then you're almost there and you pull into a Maverick to get gas and you're like, no, no, I'm going to sit in my car. And oh, gas. yeah, yeah. <laughs> either, it's either that or Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I, you know, first of all, I appreciate the book, bookmarks being a part of KDX. I think it's a, it's a good little, uh, good addition to what we do here. It kind of helps to round things out a little bit. Oh,
0: it's a lot that? of fun. Always has been. We we had our 25th anniversary last year, and you brought Mike back on, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: that and that cool. was a lot of fun. So it was cool, and, and yeah. I'm sure
1: you get asked all the time, "What's the best book you ever read?" Right? I mean, that's well, uh, you know, I get my
0: favorites, but the, there's a difference between my favorites and then the best one. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a little bit different, but and and it kind of changes, you know. Yeah, but uh, it's just it's just been a, a great experience, and and I really enjoy it. And I, you know, I, I get to talk about education. I get to talk about books and literacy, and and frankly, the the school board was just the next step.
1: I have a book that stuck with me. I read it when I was fifteen years old. It's a it's a fiction book. Uh, it's called All Things Are Lights. Have You ever heard of that book? Mm, no. I was going to say I can guarantee, as as well read as you are, you have not read this book because. What happened is my dad was friends with someone who owned a bookstore, and when they get books that don't sell, they tear off You probably know that they tear off the cover. Well, they that, don't do it anymore, but they used they to. They used to, yeah. They tear yeah. off the cover, and then you, they can give the book away, throw it away, do whatever they want with it once the cover is torn off. My dad got uh, a huge, like, like maybe. 300 books from this bookstore, but the cover's (laughs) torn off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, as a teenager, I'm sitting there, I'm bored. This is there wasn't a whole, we didn't have smartphones or anything back then, but uh, he said, well, read a book. I said, "Oh, we don't have any good books. He says, I just got a box with 300 books. There's got to be something in there you like, son. And so I I started like three or four books, found this, this fourth book called All Things Are Lights. And uh, again, to this day, still my favorite book. And and that was, uh, that was Uh 40 years ago. Yeah. You,
0: well, you know, when I first came to St. George back in 1992 over at the, uh, at the outlets, mm-hmm. they had a bookstore there hmm. where you could get it. And, and, and so that was like three or $4 a piece. They were the remainders, the ones that hadn't sold. And, uh, they would put a line on the, on the pages to mark that, you know, so you couldn't buy it and then return it for full price. But, uh, I remember one of the books I got there was by William Manchester. I was in there with a friend of mine who'd come down from the, from the, uh, for the marathon. Mm-hmm. And this is before bookmarks, Andy. This is pre-bookmarks. This is a long he time said, ago. this is my favorite book ever. And he had me read William Manchester's Last Lion, volume two, which is about Winston Churchill, 1932 to 1940. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that is one of the probably best five books I've ever read. Really, and uh, it—it's one I, you know, I've talked about on the program many times. I, but I remember
1: hearing you talk about it. Yeah, that.
0: it's just—it's uh, just great. So it's just been a great experience, and and I love it, and I hope to.
2: The civil authorities have issued a fire warning for Coconino-Lazy, beginning at 9.16 a.m. and ending at 1.16 p.m. CCSO orders evacuation between Old Lake and Bear Canyon Lake off FS-300 due to fire in Horton Spring area west of Promontory Butte. If in the area, evacuate now.
0: I love his teaching, and so now he's back at it again.
1: And this is Rick's class. And this is Rick's class, okay. yeah,
0: so uh, two two of them. And then we'll just talk about whatever comes up. I uh, you know, I mean, he said, tell us about the Constitution, so I don't know what they know. I don't know what they don't know. We'll just kind of get into it and see. But, yeah, the kids are always receptive. It's it's really good. I, I I, can hold my own when I'm in front of a classroom.
1: Cool, cool. I got a Rick Palmer story. You want it? Uh <laughs> sure it's, it's an interesting story
0: sure i've uh, got
1: one i'm gonna tell the kids okay in, in 19 <laughs> 1994 uh it was a uh, basketball season rick was an assistant coach on the uh, on the basketball team yeah for
0: Pineview, right? For Pineview, yeah with uh, with uh lynn christensen lynn christensen yeah. yes
1: and uh he was also the uh i think he was assistant athletic director yeah, yeah and he, he was, was he was the athletic director and, and mm-hmm. uh and and the the principal of Pineview. I want to say Larry Broadhead. Is that?
0: Um, Rick, yeah, it was Broadhead. Broadhead. Anyway, yeah. I uh, think he Richard called, or Robert, but yeah, uh, he and called, he was followed by uh, Marshall Topham. So and so, then Rick took Marshall's place.
1: Right, right. So, yeah. so what had happened was uh, there was a, 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 a region basketball game. Uh, it was region basketball night, and we had done pictures of Pineview, like. Three, you know, basketball then was like Tuesday, Friday or Wednesday, Friday or something. Yeah. And so we had shot photos of Pineview because they were in first place three, three occasions in a row. Yeah. And so uh, the editor of the, the sports editor of the Spectrum said, hey, who should we shoot this week? And Pineview was playing like the last place team. They were going to win by, by 40 points. And uh, the, there was a compelling game. I think it was Dixie and uh, Cedar or something like that. That was supposed to be a good game. And so it happened to be the next-to-last region game. If Pineview wins and Dixie loses, uh, or no, if Pineview wins, uh, Pineview clinches first place. So we, we had them shoot photos of the Dixie game because we shot Pineview several times in a row. And in newspaper business, you write your headline based on the picture you took, and then you have the secondary stories. Well, uh, uh, what happened that night was Pineview clinched region, uh, Dixie clinched third place, but we had photos of Dixie, and so as they're putting the uh, sports section together, and I was an editor at the time, so I, I was just a, a writer, but uh, as they're putting the sports section together, my the, the sports editor comes to me and he says, hey, should we lead with Pineview because they won region, or should we lead with Dixie because we have a photo of them? And I said, well, you know, Pineview winning region is the big story. And he says, yeah, but we got this art, and it's a great photo, and that's kind of going to be our lead story. I said, so what, you're going to put Dixie clinches third, Pineview <laughs> clinches region. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, they,
0: they, they've they been known to do that over there, but we will. So, yeah. So
1: anyway, I gave my recommendation and I didn't think much about it because I was writing stuff. I, I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't have the final say in it. The paper comes out the next day and he wrote almost exactly that. Dixie clinches third and then sub headline Pineview clinches region title with a giant picture of Dixie High's game. <laughs> well, as you might, if you know Rick Palmer. <laughs> Lynn Christensen, they were both a little unhappy and yeah. what happened yeah. in the newspaper that day. And so, uh, uh, Mr. Broadhead had a, had a meeting and it was, uh, the sports editor and me and the other sports writer, it was Lynn and Rick and it was Mr. Broadhead. And, uh, the, 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 what, six of us were in that room together and yeah. uh, my sports editor at the time was a kind of a hothead too. Uh, like Rick in his younger days. Rick was a pretty passionate guy in his younger days, and probably still passionate, but maybe maybe in a different way. Uh, but uh, All of
0: us are, now that we're older.
1: Within 15 minutes, the only two people left in the room were me and Mr. Broadhead. Everybody else had left in a huff. They were all angry. And uh, so Mr. Broadhead and I sat down and talked for a little while, and, and eventually they all kind of sorted back in, and we had a productive meeting. but. Uh, Rick, was, uh, Rick was pretty vocal in that meeting, as was uh, the sports editor at the time. His name was yeah. Dean Rock. And, uh, yeah, they, they all left angry. And I just remember, hey, guys, wait, hey, hello. No, man.
0: no, you, you want the, all those guys out because <laughs> you, you don't want them staying
1: in the same room angry. It could have devolved into a fist fight. I, I, is that what you're saying? You're very likely. <laughs> all right, that's my Rick Palmer story. <laughs> I love Rick, by the way. I've known him almost as long as you. Just a great guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great Mine guy. involves a dog. But, a dog, uh, yeah, a dog. Is it is it radio? It was my dog.
1: You can't tease us like that, and not. No, tell us well,
0: we we were raising basset hounds, and we decided to give the female a break, so she's in heat, and the males, we locked him outside of her pen, and uh, it's about two thirty in the morning, and this is, you know, Rick lived a couple blocks away, okay, and the dog in the middle of the night is just howling and howling and howling, he calls me at two thirty in the morning, Terry is your dog okay? He sounds hurt. And I just said, Rick, this is why he's howling. Oh. Or, yeah, exactly. And uh, he said, Oh, say no more. And hung up. I never heard another word about it. I love him. Uh, he's great. And then just his whole family, you know, his boys did well in, in, in sports there at, at Pineview and just, uh, just a yeah. phenomenal Andy, relationship. I love his son, Andy. Great kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh Was there a happy ending to the Basset Hound thing? Did did you have Basset puppies then? Well, we uh, we not
0: that time we didn't. Thank goodness, but generally we did. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, But but, uh, but the whole the whole Basset experiment was eventually terminated. We we had a baby instead. We had our youngest, and we couldn't do babies. Oh, and life life and changes when you have life changes. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, <laughs> we had the four kids, and then nine years later, we had another one. And, oh, and oops. Uh, yeah, cast the one that's in Hungary right now. Oh, okay. And so anyway, but I I don't think I. I was invited here today to tell stories. No, although I could no, do it all day, nothing wrong the old time. In <laughs> That's fact, right, nothing wrong got, with it. We, we need a little break from whatever's going on in the world. You're right. You're yeah, right.
1: Yeah. I we, mean, we do, do have Steve Dunham on the phone, by the way. He's been patiently listening to our blabbling, blabbering on. Uh, Steve, I, I think he's feeling like an outsider. <laughs> he's, sleeping. he's sleeping. Steve, wake up! Oh my goodness, what happened? <laughs> we're talking about Bassett yeah, we're, we're, and Yeah, we we went back to the barber
0: and, shop in the Andy Gra- in Mayberry is where <laughs> we are. Good yeah. Where's Floyd?
1: Where's floyd (laughs) you want to play the part of floyd or would you rather be Cooper? either or it doesn't matter (laughs) steve thanks for joining us today on the program we had a big press conference yesterday with the governor and i I was curious and i'll get both of you guys' takes on on uh, on what you felt like uh, was said Uh, some of the things some of the restrictions are going to be slightly different some of them are going to be slightly harsher let's start with let's start with terry terry well the
0: big one of course is going to impact games tonight Um, and, uh, we, we've been pretty, we've been able to, to be pretty flexible in terms of, you know, what people are doing and, and we now have a a new mandate from the governor. Uh, I cannot stress how much I've been unhappy with those. Mm -hmm. In fact, two weeks ago when the Lieutenant governor was down here, I specifically took a few minutes and, and chatted with him about that. And, and what we just, they just need to do is leave us alone. Let us do our own thing. Um, Obviously, that didn't do much good. You can judge me on my effort, but uh, I, I can tell you I personally did that and spent another about 15 minutes with one of his aides. But uh, regardless, you know, the people that go to the game tonight, um, you know, they're going to need to wear their masks. And if they don't, the principals have been instructed to, you know, pause the game and let them get their masks wow. back on. And if they don't, Andy... The stands will be cleared.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, I'm not happy with that. I'm going to get blamed for that. I'm furious about it. But, you know, take it up with our cowardly legislature and our governor who just, I mean, up north, they have a different deal going on. But down here, you know, we're we're a little more independent. And you talked to Dr. Blodgett this morning.
1: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And, and he... One of the things Dr. Blodgett said, is, you know, they're basing these new uh, high, moderate, and low-risk things on some numbers that are absolutely screwy. One of the numbers they're basing it on is percentage of people that come in to get tested yeah. and have a positive yeah. result. And yet they're telling us you don't, don't need to come in to get unless tested unless you have symptoms. You yeah, have symptoms. Yeah, exactly. So they're skewing no, the numbers right there. That doesn't it, make any sense. No.
0: It, once again, it's the total illogical it. I'll tell you what. If you get a competent person to challenge this in court what's going to happen in Utah is what's happened in Michigan. Okay. Where the Supreme court of Michigan has just said, you know what you you're not consistent that constitutionally you can restrict people's right to to assemble. You can do all kinds of things, but you have to make it tailored and very specific and show that it's necessary. There's a very high standard. The government has to meet and with all of the inconsistencies and the illogic and the challenges and the bureaucratic nonsense that we're getting is, at the state level, anyway, um, it, it, it will. I don't think it'll stand up.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. I, uh, so
0: I'm, I'm pretty unhappy about it, but we are yeah. going to do it. Um, that's, that's where we're at. I'm sure Steve has more to say about, it. I should have probably let Steve say that so people wouldn't hang it around my neck, but, uh, uh, Hey, I'm here to take the heat. That's what we're doing.
1: Steve, does this, this new press conference, these new rules, these, these new categories, does that affect uh, the day to day in Washington County?
3: Well, you know, a, a little bit, I, I think it comes down to whether we're unhappy about it or not. Uh, as Terry suggested, we need to be in compliance with the public health directive, and, and and that's what we're trying to do is just ensure and, – and we need to put the focus back where it should be long. We need to keep schools open, and we need to provide as normal an experience as we possibly can for our students. And these student athletes, these student performers, they've worked hard to be able to play in that game, to perform in their concert, to do whatever, whether it's a play. And if all is required of us is for 90 minutes to wear a mask or, or you know – Let's let these kids do that so they don't lose out on these experiences. We, we have to be in compliance in the end, though. Yeah.
0: We're, I mean, Andy, we haven't canceled any games, and we are the only big district in the state to be open five days a week. I mean, okay, I'll complain about it till the cows come home about the governor or the legislature. But I got to tell you, because of what we've been able to do, our kids are better off than any other district in the state
3: our kids have worked hard to be able to to participate in the activities they want to they want as normal a year as they can and as as we've heard from our students previously this year uh, you know what they're willing to do this they're willing to be in compliance let let's just try and move forward and and, and do what we can to keep schools open it's
0: just another eligibility requirement
1: okay St- Steve let me ask you uh, have you have you noticed anything on the day-to-day in students uh, that will affect, I guess, I guess where I'm getting at is, is, is there going to be long-term effects from having to wear a mask at school? And I'm not talking about physical long-term effects. I'm talking about emotional and mental.
3: Uh, I don't know that there are going to be. That, that's, that's a question that's probably above my pay grade. <laughs> I, can, I can say that having the kids back in school has provided access to additional helps both socially, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, and, and uh, educationally that they, had, they hadn't had for months. And so where these students now have access to, to the, uh, the counselors in our buildings and to the wellness rooms in our buildings and, and the opportunities to just meet with their friends again, that uh, has made a world of difference for many of these children.
0: Yeah, that's the big one. I talked to a mom last spring and when everybody was on a real strict lockdown, you know, she had a senior and he was really struggling because he couldn't, he couldn't associate with his friends and he couldn't go to school and the online wasn't, I mean, well, you know, I guess your, your last half of your senior year, you could be online. It wouldn't make a difference. You could be in class. It might not make a difference for some, but you know, he was really struggling. And yet here we, we have the, the, You know, we're able to provide that structure so that the kids are far better off. And and that is the price that we've had to pay. And frankly, that's why everybody on the board voted to reopen in spite of their feelings about the masks, which, you know, a lot of them felt the same way I do. And if we had the choice, it might have been something else.
3: And based upon the benefits of of students being in person in class, I I can't honestly say that there are, are more negatives involved with wearing a mask. I think there's many more positives involved than there are negatives.
1: All right, well said. we got to get a weather break in and a couple of commercials, and then when we come back, we'll take phone calls. People have been calling. Be patient. We will get to your phone calls right after this timeout. Welcome back to the program, 935 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for being here today. Terry Hutchinson from the Washington County School Board is... Here, just uh, through the glass here in the studios, and on the phone, we have Steve Dunham, who is the communications director for the Washington County School District. If you would like to pose a question to one of these two gentlemen, or to me, give me a call, 673-5890 is the phone number. Uh, so, okay, so football tonight, uh let's see, home game at Desert well, Hills, home game at Pine home View. Home game at Pine View. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then Mass- there's a
0: soccer game at Pine View this afternoon. A uh, playoff um, And And these restrictions are going to stick in with us according to the governor at least till
1: october 29th now i've been to a soccer many soccer games uh you might have in in a stands that stands that hold 2500 you might have three of 500 people there maybe yeah uh easily could socially distance yeah so that that may not be a problem okay so so if if you know if we're far enough apart we don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, if you're outdoors, is that the case in a football game too? If- well,
0: the football game, the, because the attendance is so. good, I mean, I, I was thinking, gosh, I, you know, actually, I, a lot of Harry, my neighbors go there. Well, I, Steve, better correct me, but I, I, I'm I going to stay I, away
3: because, first of all, parents get the priority. If you're going to, I think as we, I think as we tried to look at this based upon what the the current health order is for the next two weeks, even if they're outside and socially distanced on our property, they still need to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. So, so even remember. Even at, part, for the yeah. next two weeks so so they will still if they come to the football game and they they will need to socially distance in their family groups and wear a mask uh, yeah. we, I, if, and we can't bypass that one right now mm-hmm.
1: It was much much publicized a, a few weeks ago uh, i think it was american fork high american school Forest, they actually they stopped that. the game yeah. Yeah. told everybody either put a mask on or leave or we're not playing football they complied yeah we the really didn't
0: start. didn't want to do that but it, you know it may happen well it it's it you know that that is that was their understanding of the requirement. we have not had that requirement our county's at a different level than theirs, so you know it's a bit of a different situation, but right now, I think the mandate is the same for for us as as that so does uh... so Steve's right?
1: The the principal at Pineview, Mike Meese, and the principal at Crimson is uh, with well, uh, not rusty. Crimson. It'll be it'll or, be, or Desert uh, Hills. Justin, Hills. That's right. Justin
0: yeah. Keat. Yeah. So the home principals. It will, it have will to fall do that. on yeah. them to mm-hmm. actually yeah. have to yeah. stop
1: yeah. the game if people will not comply. But
0: you know, obviously, the the principals of the visiting schools are gonna gonna help their parents. I mean, I I kind of thought, well, gosh, rather than stop the game, just penalize the team that's not doing it. <laughs> no. that'd be, that'd Maybe be we'll get to that. But I think you'd have to change the rules. It it it's all it's all unfortunate but necessary and and i think the emphasis really still needs to be hey we we need to do what we can to keep the kids in person in school and we definitely want the kids to be able to participate in these activities and and not be cheated out of this experience uh by virtue of all the circumstances and those circumstances can include you know having the just the virus and situation and everything but then certain people that that want to make a statement and and cost them i mean up in idaho they had a guy that can 't got a game canceled at halftime Monday, yeah, and that that
1: I think will, could happen here and he wasn 't even inside the gates he well, was he, on school property, he, but it was outside the uh, i don 't even know if he had
0: a kid there, I mean you know a grandson or, or nephew or
1: something was playing but, yeah yeah interesting mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all right
0: uh yeah, so but, but we, we can take some other questions, but uh, let me just tell you that the last two school boards. Um, It seems to be settling down a little bit. We've had a lot of more normalized business in terms of, you know, property acquisition and in terms of dealing with some personnel issues and some other things that we do in our closed sessions and, uh, you know, being able to recognize the schools and things. It it seems to be, I I hate to say the word normalizing, but we, we actually as a school board have recently been able to pay attention to uh, more of, of what's going on in our area. We've got our new numbers for October, and that's what our, our funding is based off of. So we've got to make adjustments to our budget as a result. We we got a new budget report, you know, that's now available online, and uh, we'll meet to approve that next month. And so, you know, we, we just are, are – I mean, we still have to do the business of the schools. So yeah. we talk about local control, well, we still have local control over our budget. We still have a lot of other things that we do. The majority of what we do as a school board still is what we were elected to do. And it's just this one area, but it happens to be the one that everybody's got their attention focused on. And we've had our attention focused on it. And, and now we've been able to at least kind of dial that back a little bit. All right, and, and our numbers still are good. I would also tell you, Andy, we still have no cases that we're aware of anywhere in the state of student to student transmission in school or student to teacher transmission in school. Awesome. And we just this week lowered the requirement for the quarantine. So the quarantine it's used to be 14 days. days now it's 7 days, but you do have to have a test, but we have made it uh, we've made arrangements and we're in the process of making arrangements so if kids can't afford to go get a test or something like that, we're going to be able to have some funds in order to do that so that they we can get those kids back in school in 7 days instead of 14. And that's huge. Yeah,
1: that's big. Let's go to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy, with Steve and Terry. What's on your mind today?
2: Hi. um, Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. I just think we need to be careful in sort of normalizing this tyranny that we're experiencing right now and acting as though, you know, it's normal or it's, you know, just do it. Just go along to get along. I think we all need to be really careful about that. Um, this was supposed to be 15 days originally to slow the spread, and it's turned into months. And you know, that's my comment and my point. And I understand you gentlemen have a job to do, and you're trying your best to to carry that out. But I think the bigger picture for anyone listening is we really need to think about, you know, is this the path we want to go down? Um, and, and do
1: we really want to normalize what's happening
0: here? Cause it's not. Okay. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, and I don't mean to say normalized. We have other business we have to do, but I've been saying for months, get with your legislators. I mean, the legislators have the power to rein in the governor on this stuff and they don't. The speaker of the house of, of uh, is, is missing in action. The president of the Senate is kind of missing in action on that. And, and I hear rumblings that a lot of the northern legislators are afraid that there's going to be a second wave and they'll get blamed. And at some point, I agree with you 100% caller, this should never be normal. But on the other hand, as the responsible adults, we do have an obligation to kind of minimize that effect on the students and on the young people while still at home certainly, you know, kind of helping them understand and, and get through this landmine, and, and it's a big one. So I, I certainly appreciate those concerns that you raise, and, and I, I agree with you. It's a big problem.
1: You know, as, as parents, we, we do this these trade-offs with our kids. If you yeah. want to do this, then you have to do this first. And it can be a painful lesson sometimes, you know. I remember yeah. I remember losing privileges for my own car that I bought with my own money. My parents took my keys away because I didn't do something that they, <laughs> they asked me to do. That was a hard pill to swallow for me. I'm like, hey, I bought this. You can't take my car. I bought it. And they're like, well, okay, you want to sleep in it? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't, I don't want to sleep in it. No, I'm not, not, you know, in, in the same
3: respect of what this color brought up. However, we, uh, we had, it was supposed to be 14 days when this began last spring and, and they shut us down completely. Yeah. We're now reopened to schools. We're, we're open, and all we're asking is wear a mask at this point. So it's a lot different. It's kind of an apples to oranges comparison to, oh, we're, they were only going to do this for 14 days, and now it's still going on. Well, it's not really still going on. It's, it's evolved and changed, and we're a lot more open now than we were at the beginning. And, and so I think it's good to remember that while things have changed, we are a lot different than we were last March when everything was closed here in the state.
1: All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy, with Terry and Steve. What's on your mind?
2: Just a couple thoughts. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know what, why uh, these two gentlemen have the thoughts they do, other than they're making a lot of money for the school from the school district. But the the thoughts I've got is the the report from St. George News said four people have died since this last report came out, and two of them were two elderly men that were in elderly facilities and then two of them were two elderly women that went to the hospital and they say ages of 65 to 85 they don't want to specify that these people are 76 years old or 82 years old but the facts are the facts the young people are not getting sick they're not dying it's it's just crazy and as far terry As far as Ammon Bundy goes, let's state the facts. If you're going to tell the story, tell the story right. He offered to pay money to sit next to the fence, and he did. Then he sits next to the fence, and his boy is playing. And the cops, the administration, because they're power-hungry people, they called the cops. The cops came out, and the cops said, this man does not warrant arrest. And that's why they called the game, and for the... The best fact of the day is the administration that called the game was losing 35 to nothing. Mm. They were tired of getting embarrassed. Uh, 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 So let's state the facts, Terry. I
0: I appreciate you know the facts better than I do, and I certainly acknowledge that. Let me just make a couple of comments. I have made that point over and over, and I've made it in briefings with the public health officials. And you know what their response is? They shrug their shoulders. You look at the stuff going on in Europe, they don't have the kids in mass. They don't have them socially distanced. But once again, we have to agree to disagree on terms of what our powers are. That's number one. Number two, there's a, there's a, a, an idea out there. In fact, I was asked this by a reporter a couple of weeks ago. Um, how much money are we paid as school board members? And I can tell you, um, a lot of people think we make a lot of money from this. We do not. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it's a public record, so I'll just tell you. It's about 750 a month, and uh, you take taxes out of that. You take your medical benefit out of that, and your, what you're left over is not very much at all. So there is a certain number of people out there that think it's as high as 60000 a year or 180000 a year, and, and I just got to set the record straight on that. The board all makes the same amount of money, and that's what it is. And it doesn't matter how long you're on the board or not. um, they actually, you know, that's it. So I, when I ran four years ago, I knew they got paid. I didn't know what it was. I didn't care. And none of the others did either. I was going to say that's the kind
1: of job you don't do for the money because there ain't no there. No,
0: I, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I made a little less when I was the library board chairman because that was zero. Hmm. But um, this job takes a lot more money too. I mean, a lot more time, not money. So, I, I you know, I I would say that, but I... Caller, I certainly uh, agree with you about the need for the students and the young people aren't getting it, and that is part of the inconsistency about the application of all these rules. And there's political factors involved, that, uh, especially up north, that we don't really have any control over and can't get control
1: until our legislators stand up and do
0: what they're supposed to do.
1: All right, got to get another quick break in. We'll be gone for one minute. I did want to real quick thank Joe Shoney, sponsor of this show, for a long time, he's a Southern Utah loan consultant, has been for more than 25 years. His reviews online are phenomenal, 4.91 out of five stars. That's, you just don't get an average like that. That's certainly a lot better than my high school grade point. Uh, phone number for Joe Stoney is 435-590-6300. Welcome back. Got about uh, ten minutes or so left in the program. If you'd like to be a part of it, give us a call at six seven three five eight nine zero. Terry Hutchinson from the Washington County School Board is here, and Steve Dunham is uh, on with us via the phone. He's the Washington County School District Communications Director. Steve, you doing all right over there, man? I'm still here. Yeah, you sound good. You must have a good, a good, solid landline you're on right there, because you sound like you're in the room with us.
3: Good. That's good.
1: So uh, we were talking, obviously, about uh, the uh, governor's press conference yesterday, and the fact that it sounds like we're going to any activities, a band concert, a choir concert. A well, those
0: were all indoors anyway, and right. all the indoor indoor stuff isn't really going to be changed. We just gave a reminder to 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 follow the mandates that that are already in place, um, but mostly it's it's the outdoor stuff that that changed for us.
1: Mask must be worn. And this is every school in the state for two yes. weeks, no matter what your, you know, high moderate low is every single school for two weeks as they try to nip, uh, the recent surge in, in the bud. Uh, I, I, I don't know guys. I have obviously mixed feelings. I'm going to be on the radio. I'll probably be one of the very few people at the football game tonight, not wearing a mask because you can't really do a broadcast. like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'll be in the press box too, and I assume the PA announcer will not have a mask as well. But for the most part, everybody's going to have them except the players and I.
0: Yeah, yeah, the players are exempt, thankfully, and we also can can be happy that
1: it's not 105 like it was a couple of months ago. Mm, good, good point. Do, you know, the the truth of the matter is, and you said it, Terry, that the transmission is not happening between young people. Or between young people. Well, it's not
0: happening at the schools for sure, schools, yeah. uh, and I think it's it's pretty limited. And the science definitely indicates that, um, you know, the kids generally tend not to get it, and when they get it, they generally tend not to spread it. And when they do get it, they also generally tend to either be asymptomatic, which means they don't have any symptoms, right. or they don't have serious symptoms. Now, obviously, you know, genetically, with seven billion people in the world, there's going to be exceptions, but uh, so far, we, we haven't seen any of the of the real serious things. And, and one of the things that people were very concerned about was a huge spike in numbers once the schools were opened, And that hasn't happened anywhere that I'm aware of in the state. Um, yeah, some, some school districts have more kids out with it. Some kids, some school districts have a lot more, um, you know, kids that have been exposed to it that are quarantining. But a lot more than we do. But even so, it that's not been the cause of the general rise in the numbers that they're seeing, particularly up in the northern counties.
1: What what are we to glean from the fact that these kids, as soon as they get the opportunity, they're taking this these masks off. I mean, obviously, they're, they're sick of them. Obvi- obviously, that's part of it. Uh, but but also, do you feel like uh, maybe, Steve, you can address this generally, the students don't think it's a big deal?
3: Uh, perhaps they don't feel like it's a big deal. Perhaps, um, uh, uh, their family doesn't feel like it's a big deal. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I know that when I have the opportunity, I take mine off too, because it is, it's not a pleasant thing to wear around all day. I, right. I, I don't wear it in my car when I'm alone in my car or even with my family in my car. And, and so, you know, that, that's a completely understandable reaction, I think, is to take it off and, and, and move forward. But, um, You know, uh, you hope that people are are just being wise as they get together with their friends and some of those other things. I I think, like Terry mentioned, some of the issues that have happened up north have have come from other incidents, you know, out of the control of the schools or even the universities. And, and, uh, uh, you know, they've created a problem that we're all kind of reacting to right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And, And once again, it's that Wasatch Front bubble that is impacting the rest of the state. To a certain
3: degree, and not that it couldn't happen here, but so far it hasn't. It hasn't happened here,
0: and then yeah. that's the point. And they, you know, I, I mean, Doctor Blodgett, he he gets pretty frustrated too. I understand. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's a real challenge when you know. Once again, it it is part of the constitutional design for us to have local control. It's the legislative design, and I think one of the biggest reasons why there's so much pushback against this is that it's coming from an area where you feel like we as citizens don't have enough either representation or we don't have enough of a voice. Hmm. And therefore they're listening to other voices that have different experiences than we do and that are contrary to what we do. And, and they'd be, you know, the, the state officials, when the federal government does this to them, they squeal bloody murder. And yet the state officials are doing the same thing to the city and county officials. And our county commissioners—they get frustrated too. It's—it—it—it's it, it, it's just something that we're all struggling to deal with, and—and and I would imagine that when the dust settles, uh, there will be some pretty clear precedent about what works and what doesn't on these kind of things.
1: Let me, I mean, real quickly, and we only have about the five minutes left, but uh, the progression for—for for me personally, as I broadcast football games this year, the very first game I did mid-August. Uh, it was uh, up. It was a neutral site game. Pineview Ridge Line, They played up at uh, Westlake. I think was the name of the school up there. Yeah. Uh, for first of all, they didn't let anybody in the stadium. Period. Without a mask on. Uh, And then about every five minutes, uh, probably every 10 minutes, the PA announcer made an announcement. Masks Mm -hmm. are mandatory. Everyone must must wear a mask. If you don't have a mask on, you need to leave the stadium or we will stop the game. And everyone wore a mask. Uh, Second week, I played a game. It was here in town. I'm not going to say which high school, but uh, the announcement was less frequent. They let people in without masks, but asked them if they would put them on. And I would say it was between 80 and 90 percent of people wore masks. By week three and week four. Uh, the mask. The numbers went way down. It was uh, it went from like 80, 90 to twenty to thirty. To uh, by week four and week five, nobody was wearing masks in the stands. You couldn't find a mask. In we're the we're estimating
0: about twenty percent. But yeah, that and and so this is just a reminder that they've that they've told us we're going to have to do. I mean, it would make sense to to do what they're doing if we'd seen a great increase in spike of cases as a result of the events being held without the masks, we didn't see it, yeah. but they're going to do it anyway. So, uh, you know.
1: Do, do you anticipate there being a problem tonight at, at Desert Hills, at Pineview, where, where there were going to be? Do you think there I, will be I people think, who don't wear masks? I
0: think, well, I think there will be people initially, but they'll get some reminders, and you might have to stop a game once or twice. I, I'd be surprised if they emptied the stands or yeah. canceled the game. But those are the two nuclear options, as it were. But but the principles have been instructed. I mean, we we had a discussion about it in our board meeting yesterday in public uh, about, you know, the the necessity of enforcement. And um, we don't need the governor shutting down our sports programs. and And unfortunately, that can happen. We don't need our kids being locked out of the schools again. And unfortunately that can happen. And I hate to say that is normalizing things, but our job is to educate the kids and to be sure we provide them the best opportunities and experiences we can, which includes the sports and the choir. We had a, we had a big concert at Crimson Cliffs Monday night and you know, the kids have been working for a long time for that and they should be able to perform and they should be able to get the rewards of all that hard work, and that's the price we're all having to
1: pay. Agreed. Agreed. And, and you know, we can complain about it all we want, but if we want to play football, if we want to have concerts, you can play. All right, right, Steve? Yeah. And, and I think, Steve, you know, when I was, uh, do you anticipate problems? I I will say this. If there are problems tonight, it won't come from students. Would you
3: agree? I I would agree. You know, the the kids want to be out there. They want to. They want to play. We're getting to the end of the season for football. Um, We're we're ready to kick off winter sports here as well. Some of them have already begun, and and so the kids have have been working hard to to just play. And they want to do that with choir. They want to perform. They want to be able to get out and sing for the parents and sing for 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 the people in the community as much as they can. And and so, like like Terry suggested. Our goal is to give them those opportunities, and and we're just trying to do that as best we
1: can. Well said, well said. Uh, We've got about about, about a minute left. Well, I just also indicate,
0: Andy, that, uh, you know, Crimson opened up last year, and so there was quite an adjustment. Desert Hills went down about 500 students, and Crimson is now moving up. And within a couple of years, Crimson will have all the students it needs. We've got a ton of growth going in there, and uh, Desert Hills will soon be back up to full strength as well. And uh, we're breaking ground on our CTE school. We'll start moving dirt. And where's, um, that, where's that going to be again? It's going to be down at the bottom of, uh, of River Road near the bypass, near Highway 7. Okay. Um, way down there in, in uh, Dixie State owns some property down there. And there's a new ants uh, subdivision going in out there. I can't remember what the name of it is. But uh, that's where that'll be. And we're hoping that'll take some pressure off of the growth. But with everything going on on the West Coast... There's a lot of people fleeing those states to come here because we're able to do sports. We're able to do all those other things. And uh, so the growth is going to continue to be an issue that, w- that we're dealing with, and we'll just continue to, to try and plan for that as best we
1: can. Terry, Steve, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Andy. It is uh, 9.59 right now on News Radio, 94.9, 890 KDXU. This has been the Andy Griffin Show. Tomorrow is Mayor Thursday. John Pike will be in. You guys uh, let him have it last time around. We'll we'll see if Mayor Pike Pike is a little more defensive uh, this time. Should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you then.